Hello, friends. How's it going? What's going on? It's Essie Love coming back um, after a week. It's been such a busy week. And of course, this past week was Father's Day weekend. So I hope that all the fathers uh, were celebrated. And um, anybody who's listening to this that's a father, I hope that you were celebrated. And I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope it was all about you. You know, we celebrate mothers a whole, whole lot. And a lot of times I find even you could see, you know, throughout the stores or anything, we don't make a big deal about Father's Day. But I want to say that fathers are just as important as mothers. And again, happy belated Father's Day to you guys. You know, for me and my house, my husband wanted to have a day where the kids and mommy are not fussing and fighting and yelling and screaming. So I want to say that I played the I Dream of Genie role pretty, pretty darn well. If I want to say so myself, I believe that he got what he wanted. So uh, Sunday was a good day. Busy week, busy weekend, but it was good. It's always good to sometimes be busy, not overly busy, but, you know, it was good enough for family to get together. So really happy about that. But now we're back to (laughs) a new week. Um, And so I wanted to continue the conversation. I don't want to just not record once a week, at least once a week. Over time, I will change over and probably do podcasts about twice a week. But right about now, I think once a week is, you know, it's pretty cool. So I wanted to share with you guys a little bit about a little bit more about me. I noticed that from the last podcast, I did tell you that I'm, you know, I'm from New York. I was born and raised there. Uh, so shout out to all my Lower East Side brothers and sisters and uh, my tri-state and all five boroughs. Shout out to you guys. But I wanted to add to that, that I am I am born to two foreign parents. I am a Nigerian Grenadian and I love my culture. I love who I am. I love everything about it, the food, the music, just, you know, everything. I mean, you know, like any culture, they have their, you know, their, uh, they have what makes them them. So I love that I am, uh, I'd say creatively made. I have two hilarious parents and I have brothers and I have a sister. So anyhow, I wanted to share that with you guys, just, you know, adding a little bit more about myself. Also, I love languages love languages. I love to be able to, when I meet people from different cultures or nationalities, I always ask them how to say something in their language. I actually ask them how to say a few things because I want to be able to communicate with people. Um, and so it's always nice when I go to a restaurant or something where I meet people and they're like Russian or, you know, uh, somewhere like or Swedish that I could say something. I think it's sweet. You know, I'm going to record on the next podcast, uh, backstory. All right, so let me continue. So I wanted to, um, so part of the last segment was I love languages, I love to meet people, I love to communicate with people, and I will always ask how to say something in your language. If I don't know how, I will learn it. I will say it the way that you say it in your, in the language with accents and all, because again, I think that's so important. Okay, now moving on, the backstory. So mission 43, five and eight, of course, is what this podcast is all about, right? And so I wanted to tell you how it came about. Let me start off with like when I was a child, a youngin. Um, I'm going to go back to age between seven to nine. When I was a child, okay, I always said that I was going to be a lawyer. And my reasoning for saying that is because of the corruption and the injustices within law enforcement. You know, when I was young and I, you know, I could 
I could acknowledge um, some of the experiences in which I've, you know, not me personally have had, but within my, the environment in which I lived in, I, you know, was smart enough to witness some things that, you know, wasn't right. And so when I was a baby, when I was a young and I would say like, I'm going to be a lawyer so I can prosecute all of the bad cops and I will defend all of the people that can't defend themselves. You know, I'm going to be an advocate. I'm going to speak up for people who don't feel like they have a voice. Now, this is when I was a child. My mother can vouch till to, you know, today that she would say yes, as she used to say that all the time. So, that was my dream, right? All right, so fast forwarding all the way up to 2013 when I entered law, law school. At this point, I was working working in the law school for about seven years um, in the financial aid office. And I, uh, you know, I wanted to work. I want, I had, you know, a child and I figured, you know, I'm going to have to put my dream on hold a little longer. But around 2012, end of 12, coming to 13, I said, you know what? It's either now or never. Either I do this now because I'm not getting any younger or I don't do it and I find something else to do because obviously me wanting to be a lawyer was not that important. Well, I decided to jump off that branch and I did enter law school, same place that I worked. Uh, I was just a part-time evening student. Looks like this is going to be um, several different podcast segments, but I want to get this out because it's so important. So um, once I get to three minutes, guys, I'm just going to stop and then do another segment. But anyway, so I did. I started school in 2013, uh, worked full time, went to school part time, and I did it for three and a half years. Okay. Uh, I'll catch you on the next segment after this. All right. So I... um. <laughs> So I did. Went to school from 2013, graduated in 2016. Now between, within those three and a half years, man, oh man, I, that's going to take, oh my God, that podcast is going to be, wow. Okay. It, it, it was so much that happened and like anything that you do, any, whether you're getting your bachelor's, whether you're getting your master's, you know, your PhD, your law degree, your medical degree, you know, any degree, I feel divinity degree Whatever you're working hard towards, if you're working on anything, it's going to bring challenges. I mean, that's just life, right? And then when you're juggling things like a clown, juggling other, let's just say juggling life, to be honest, it adds a whole lot. So anyway, um, I, what did I do? I won't, you know, like I, I just, I really experienced a whole lot within that time for my family did. They were really supportive. They were awesome. They were great, but there was just so much that went on. And of course you're working. So when I graduated, I decided I was going to sit for the bar exam. And though I had these, well, let me back up a little bit. So before graduating law school, I didn't, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think that I was going to pass. I didn't think I was going to make it. And I thought that I was going to fail in my last semester and I thought I was going to have to repeat my last semester. But as God saw it, I did not. I actually passed thanks to the grace and mercy of the Lord. I passed and, you know, that same mindset was the same thing. The same mindset was I would pass the bar exam. Well, you know, fast forwarding again. February 2017, I took the exam. And so, we, okay, we got our results in March. And so, no, I get a letter and it's completely the opposite of what I had 
thought of and what I planned. And that was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. It hurt because I, you know, I, I really believed in my heart that it would I would be successful regardless of the fact that I, you know, I had a lot of struggles in school and I wasn't the best student, but I did everything that I knew in my power to do. Um could have done more, but of course you could have should have woulda and I can't go backwards, right? I can only move forward. So that time brought very that after that moment I had no job. Um, my job let me go in at the end of November, like two weeks before, a week before final exams. Um, I had a family, you know, a lot of burdens on my hubby and uh, it was tough. It was, that's safe to say the least. It was really, really tough. Um, and I didn't know what to do. So yeah, now um without a job. I get the letter that says I didn't pass the bar exam. I am depressed. I am frustrated. I'm, I, the emotions, my emotions are all over the place. And also, you know, I had been in school for three and a half years and, you know, when, and I I hate to use this as an example, but just like an inmate in, in prison, you know, you've, you're inside of a place that, you don't have any real community you don't have real any real communication with the outside world well being in law school felt the same after i was done i couldn't relate to pe- to my family i couldn't relate to people that were living just living on a daily basis because i had such a very strict schedule I didn't feel like I could relate. I didn't even know what that felt like. And anyone who's gone to law school or, or or medical school or any other type of schooling, I know that you can relate to this. You feel so disconnected from people that are around you. It's the strangest thing. So I felt alone. I, felt, I was in a very dark place, but I still, because I... Because I believe in the Lord, because, you know, Jesus has been by my side this entire time, because my walk with Christ really got strengthened over the time, over my last year in school, or less six months to a year in school, you know, my relationship with God had really started to um, really be cultivated. And I'd say because I I decided at that moment, or I wanted to have a, a better relationship with the Lord. So anyhow, you know, I had... I felt like, well, no, I'm, I still have faith. And I, you know, a part of me was, was, you know, reading the word and, and speaking it, but really not applying it. And then another part of me was down in the dumps, right? So I was playing this pitiful, powerful game. And I really, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, no, 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 I'm so powerful. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not powerful, but I'm faithful. And I believe the Lord, but it was like, you're lying to yourself. You know, you're, you're sitting here moping and you're, and you're, you're fearful and you're scared because you don't know what to expect. You can't control the situation. I I just felt so out of control because I didn't have control. Right. So I started to really learn more and more about myself and the Lord allowed me to see some things. And he was, he's been with me then he's still with me now. And that was a very, very, uh, I don't know. I don't even want to use difficult. It was a very challenging, trying time. Um, for all of us, for me and my family and everyone who has supported me. And it took a turn when I read John 5 and 8. So I read, um, you know, one thing that 
I'll say this before I continue. One thing I was doing was I had so much time at home. I started spending time. I've always wanted to read the Bible from very beginning to the end since I was a teenager. Um, But I never did because I would get caught up with all of the names in the Old Testament. And then I would get so discouraged because I couldn't pronounce them. Or I would be so intimidated by the the long, the lengthy names. And I knew I was saying it wrong. I'm like, you know what? This is too much for my for my taste. So I'll just stop here. So I never did it, but now I had all the time in the world. So I started to read the Bible from the, from Genesis, um, from Genesis, but also from Matthew. So I was reading one book of the old Testament and one book of the new Testament together, or, you know what I mean? Uh, simultaneously, pretty much I would do, you know, back, I would go back and forth. Uh, so at this point I had made it to the gospel of John and I, this was, you know, days, days before my days before I mission 43, five and eight really came about, I had read John five and eight and it was, it spoke about the man, the crippled man who was laying by the pool of Bethesda and he was crippled for 30 semi years of his life. And every time he tried to get in the water to uh, get healed, you know, from being lame, he couldn't because other people would get him ahead of him and he had no one to help him. And the, you know, the, the part about the parable about the story or the, or what happened in that verse is that during certain times of the year, uh, the, the scripture says an angel of the Lord would stir the water. And when the waters were being stirred, when you got into the water, you would be healed of whatever illnesses you had. Well, of course, this man has been trying for all these years. And like I said, uh, it says that, no, he, he just couldn't be healed. So, you know, Jesus comes up one day and, you know, asks him, you know, do you want to be healed? And he says, well, yes. I mean, you know, basically, yes, of course I do. I mean, I've been trying. And so, you know, just kind of paraphrasing, Jesus asks him if he wants to be healed. He says, yes. And he says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. So I was in the bathroom one day. I wasn't using it. I was just in there thinking about things that I had to get done for the week. You know, the kids had school and all this good stuff. And I was in that pitiful moment, right? I was just so, I was just in that place mentally. Um, And I, I heard these words. So while I'm in the in the bathroom, you know, I'm, the words that I heard very clear was get up. You have been sitting here being pitiful and powerful. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And it was so clear. It was so crisp. It was so evident. Like it was, I mean, it was just, I can't describe it, but I knew it was the Lord talking to me. I knew that it was enough because at this point, this is April now, right? So it's well into mid to late April. And I guess he's had it because I've been moping. I've been walking around here reading scriptures, but at the same time, not applying anything that I've learned at that moment because I'm so, I'm just so down. And, you know, I felt like, my God, am I that, I'm, am I the crippled man? I'm the crippled man because though am I, you know, obviously my legs are not crippled, but within I am crippled within I'm lame. And so I really, that was such a, it was a turning point for me. And so after that, I wanted to, I, I wanted to 
acknowledge that moment. I wanted to memorialize that moment. And so I, you know, I sat and just spent some time um, really thinking about that moment because it kept playing in my head like a broken record. It's almost as if I can remember remember it like it was yesterday. So I, I you know, I spent some time with the Lord and I, I said, you know, God, I wanted this to me, to, I get up take up thy bed and walk. I've got to walk. I got to move forward. And I always wanted to advocate. I, that's something you've placed in my heart. And I wanted to do something. I wanted a ministry, but not so much a ministry, but a mission of some sorts to be able to go forward and take this out. And that's exactly what it was. It was, you know, over weeks, you know, I would say sometime around May, maybe May or June, the thought of mission came to mind. And so we put that mission down and I said, you know, I want it to be something different. I didn't want it to be mission John five and eight, you know, I do, but I wanted it to be be named differently. So the thought came to mind. Well, John is the 43rd book of the Bible, chapter five, verse eight. So mission 43, five and eight is, was birthed out of my sickness, my, my time of, of, um, lameness, you know, when I was lame. And so now it's like, get up, move forward. And that's exactly what it is. It's advocating. It's advocating for other people, whether you are the strongest person in the world, you can pick up, you know, 5,000 dumbbells at the same time, or you are the one of the weakest people, one of the most insecure people. It doesn't matter. It's for anyone and everyone who needs that help, that assistance, that reminder that God loves you more than anything and he will help you out of it. So, and when I said it, let me back up. I said, you know, God loves you more than anything. He will help you out of it. What I'm saying is, you know, he loves you more than anything. There's nothing that will keep him from loving you if you would just take heed to his word and if you would just give him an opportunity to, to have your heart. You know, I had to surrender that moment because there was nothing I could do being pitiful. There was nothing. I had no answers. I couldn't control what was going on. I applied for jobs out the wazoo, which is also a job. I mean, I did everything that I knew what to do in that moment of my pitifulness. You you see what I'm saying? And God showed me in that moment, I am here. I am with you. There's nothing that I cannot do if you would just give me the opportunity. One, you got to get up. You can't stay here because if you stay here, what are you doing? What's going to happen? I'm going to sit here and rot. Get up. Let's move forward. Let me help you, right? And so I, I had to give God that opportunity to help me see and understand more than what I ever thought and what I thought, you know, a relationship with him would be like. And so my thing to you listeners, to anybody and to everybody, to myself, to, is just a reminder or just even, even the knowing that God does, does exist. Jesus is the son of God and he wants nothing more than to have the opportunity to love you as his child, um, either love you throughout, love you back to him open up a new world or welcome the, the idea that someone loves me greater than myself and greater than anybody else in this world. If you would just give him the chance to show you that there's nothing that he cannot help you do. Like me, I didn't think that I thought I could do it in my own strength and power because since I can remember the strength and power that I've had has always been on, on my back and that's not true, right? You get to a place in, in your life where you say, 
I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do no more. I don't, I don't, I can't depend on the persons and the people that I've been depending on because guess what? They're going to let you down. But the only one that's not going to let you down is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to die for you. The greatest love of all. Um, and I get that, you know, for some people that are listening, you'll totally disagree. And that's fine. I'm not trying to convert you. I'm just speaking to you the truth that I know. And I'm saying to you that I, I live it. I've experienced I continue to experience God's love and his grace and his mercy. And mission 43, 5 and 8 is intended to do just that. Encourage, share love, share hope, share Jesus. I love you guys very, very much. I know I don't know you, but because of the love God has for me, I'm sharing and sharing that same love with you. So as I close, guys, I just want to uh, I just want to share with you again, like the love that I said I, I have for you. I know I don't know any of you guys that are listening to this podcast, but I don't need to know you. You know what I mean? I don't need to know you. I don't need to ever meet you. I just need to share with you the love and encouragement and the life and the the words, just the everything that God shares with me. It's so in and his children. It's not about me. It's about what God has done you know, when he sent his son to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. And I've learned over time, God's love is so abounding. It's overwhelming. It's humbling. It's just, it's such a beautiful love. It's an unconditional love. I can't keep that to myself. That is so selfish of me if I do. So my prayer to all, to all of you that are listening, to anyone that hears this, even to myself also, is that we would remember that God has our best interests. We would remember that he wants to heal us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to do everything for us. He wants us to depend on him before we depend on anybody else. And I know it sounds odd and I know it sounds weird and I know it sounds mysterious and creepy for some people, mystical, but God is real. You know you can't see him, but when you wake up in the morning, you don't know how you breathe other than science that says your lungs and your heart. But you don't see air, you know, you don't see some of the things that you do and we, that we experience, but you believe it's, it's there. You believe it it exists. So my prayer is that we will always be willing and always have a welcoming heart to God, to him wanting to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. At the end of the day, he loves you more than anything. So give him a chance to be God in your life. If there's anything that anybody on this podcast is experiencing that you don't feel like you can speak to anybody else about, that's fine. Guess what? Talk to the Lord about it. Give him a chance to be God in your life. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you guys, he will not fail you. I love you with the love of the Lord. Be encouraged. Speak life, not death. It doesn't matter how how grave your situation might feel or might be. You speak life anyway. You speak an impossible word that says, I'm fine. I will be okay. God's got my back. You keep speaking it. You keep believing it. And I tell you what, there's nothing that, nothing, nothing, nothing that God will not do for you if you just believe that he can do it. Okay. So I will, I will pray for everyone and anyone that hears this, um, these podcasts. Thank you for even listening. Thank you for even taking the time out. Um, I know I had (laughs) very many segments, but it's important. Love you guys. Bye.